So on this podcast, I've dumped on team puppies in the past. And John Barr, who is back with us after a long hiatus. Long, as in a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is a firm believer that team puppies should, in fact, exist just because he's a big puppy guy. Now, the Dallas Stars have taken it one step further, and this might be a little too far, but they've adopted a team cow. Your thoughts? <laughs> uh, don't knock it till you try uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's – yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cows cows need love too. What's wrong with that? They do. They do. It's it just Now, what I will say here is that they did not take it as like a distraction tactic because their team's actually playing well. They made the playoffs, right? So, that's one thing that they have. Like I saw a couple teams, my team, the Wild had, you know, they were just about to get knocked out of the playoffs and then magically they had their players <laughs> getting photographed with all these cute little puppies. Obviously, they're trying to distract from the at hand here. Are they going to bring this cow out? Like, is this is this their their answer to the surge? Like, if they win well, the game, the cow comes and takes a lap on the ice. I don't there know. I have go. I have there. a hard time imagining a cow walking around I on too. a sheet of ice. So, yeah, I don't know. Now, what I will say that I that I appreciate here is that they've come up with a few names for fans to vote on. The names are Mike Mudano, not bad. <laughs> Andy Moog. Yeah. So, oh, you don't like the goalie yeah. one? Not into that. Okay. <laughs> Sergey Mubov. Or Joe Muendike. That's my favorite. Joe Muendike. Uh, sure. I, th- I think the name yeah. should be Dinner because yeah. it looks whoa, pretty good. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. tastes good. We just lost our vegan <laughs> uh-huh. There go the vegan <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, in my opinion, it is an utterly ridiculous. Oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Sound of Hockey episode 31. It is the Grant Fuhrer episode. Andy, Grant where Fuhrer. do we know him from? Well, from the Victoria Cougars. Oh, WHL, obviously. Of course, right? Yeah, I don't know what he, what he did after that, but he was part of a the 1980-81 Cougars team that went 60-11-1 in the WHL, which is Not bad. pretty darn impressive. I know goalie wins aren't the the, the be-all, end-all stat, but he won 48 games that year in net for the for the old Victoria Cougars, who are now in Prince George. Yeah, and then I think he went on to play. He, he won some cup or something. Yeah, NHL, went, to, went to some hall of <laughs> fame. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I am Darren Brown, at Darren Fun Brown on Twitter, joined, of course, as always, by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. Uh, how's it going? I'm at, at Andy Ide on Twitter. And back by popular demand, we had kicked him off the show last week. Was there yeah. demand? Was there John, demand? There, yeah, actually. <laughs> Not that I saw. Nobody <laughs> I didn't really requested. Yeah. yeah, John Barr back in his own studios. That's right. Brought back by indifference. Just, just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, how was the Miracle on Ice fantasy camp? By the way, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good time. Like uh, those those guys and the players and the campers and the, the activities and a lot of hockey. I was really sore after pretty much three days of double headers, but uh, it's a good time. Uh, Lake Plas is a uh, beautiful place, and uh, it was a lot of fun, like always. I'm not sure if I'll go back next year, but probably because it's their 40th anniversary next next yeah. year. So it was good. Very cool. Uh, we have a couple of reviews to read for you. So Andy and I were giving the, the fans grief last week. For a specific reason based on the number that we had, and we'll get to that in just a second. But (laughs) this first one says, great podcast, crap weasels over totems. This is from Nita... (laughs) Nita, Ohio. <laughs> Great podcast. Been real excited for the coming of the Seattle NHL team since it was speculated professional level hockey would be coming back to the Emerald City. I'm real thankful for the podcast that covers the news regarding our future hockey team, the WHL, parentheses, go tips, 
NHL, women's hockey, and even sometimes the local rec leagues here in Seattle, parentheses, go greasy weasels, hackers, and sockeyes. When the hosts are feeling like sharing what happened in their games, uh, they played for their teams. If you're just getting into hockey or hockey is already quote-unquote life for you, give this podcast a listen. Can't be said enough. Hope the team won't be the totems. Hashtag no more native mascots. Go crap weasels. With strong crap, opinions there. Very well, strong with, opinions. With crap weasels and what was the other one? Greasy weasels? Greasy weasels. Well, that, that, natural rivals. That's a Yeah, but that's a beer league. Sounds team, like it's though, a, yeah. an existing team. The greasy weasels. That sounds like a, a built-in rivalry there. Like, may, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, the copyright issues too. Get along mm. each other. Who owns the rights to greasy weasels? That's, that's a good question. Maybe we should <laughs> register it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the other one. We so, have, hey, real quick. It won't be the totems. Let's, let's establish that too. Okay. So. The other one we have is Redneck09. It says, great podcast. Good informative podcast. A lot of time spent on the future Seattle crap weasels, but a lot of knowledge on the rest of the league. Just doing my part to get them to 69 reviews. Nice. So <laughs> he answered the call. <laughs> Outstanding. How many are we at though? So, well, now we're at 71. We have a couple okay. more, but we're going to, we're going to save a couple for next week because uh, it's hedging our bets to make sure. <laughs> okay. you, you don't have faith yeah, in our little, yeah. send more. little podcast trick for you, but, um, but send your review. We will eventually read it for you on, uh, on this very podcast. So lots to talk about today. Obviously it's a big time of year because playoff are quite literally upon us. We had some coaching changes. We have WHL playoffs. We have all kinds of stuff going on. So, um, But let's start with that, Andy. WHL playoff update. What's happening? Uh, well, the Ever Silver Tips are in the second round with uh, against the Spokane Chiefs. Uh, if you want to read about the Spokane Chiefs and their two uh, high NHL prospects, I wrote a piece for NHL2Seattle.com about Ty Smith and Jared Anderson Dolan. Uh, the Chiefs uh, went into Everett this past weekend, took two of the first two games, so they have a 2 nothing lead, which puts Everett on the ropes a little bit because the next three games are going to be in Spokane. So Everett's in a bit of trouble here. The scary thing for the Silver Tips is that Anderson Dolan and, Jer- and Ty Smith have combined for one point in the two wins, and so they're getting it from their depth, uh, the Spokane is. So uh, it's not a good sign when the two best players haven't really Really contributed yet, and you're down two goal, two games and none. I I thought Spokane looked great all year, and that's going to put Everett in a world of hurt right now. Yep, they're still not out of it, obviously, but they got to win two out of three on the road, which is, is hard to do. Definitely. Um, okay, and what's going on in the rest of the WHL? Who's who's uh, alive? Who's well, still the, kicking? The big the big uh, high marquee matchup in the second round in the Eastern Conference was Prince Albert against Saskatoon. Those were the two best teams in the East, and some argued the two best teams in the league. But uh, the Prince Albert Raiders have taken a, a two nothing lead in that series. Uh, they came back to win game two. Some little bad blood there. The Mark Hapshide, the coach of the Prince Ravens, accused the Blades of diving, and there's even a gif of him making the diving motion from the bench because the game was on Sportsnet or on uh, the NHL Network on Sportsnet. I, I always enjoy when there's a little bit of animosity in the playoffs between two division rivals. Speaking of playoff animosity, there's playoffs happening soon. Oh, are the playoffs starting? <laughs> and animosity. <laughs> yeah. That would be the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> so on NHLToSeattle.com right now, you can go on, and we did a nice uh, collaborative post. It's quite long because all of us got a little carried away with our sections, but um, I think you'll enjoy it. We Basically, what we did was we each selected a series to watch, the one that we think is going to be most intriguing. We selected an alternate favorite, so not the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. None of us a were allowed. Not named Tampa Bay. Yeah, none yeah. of us were allowed. To <laughs> yeah, that Tampa was Bay a specific Lightning. task. And then the third question was, who is our dark horse? Meaning, like a team that would be uh, lower in the seedings that could actually make some noise, not necessarily win the cup, but at least make some noise. So, John, let's start with you. What did you have for your your three picks there? So, I had uh, Colorado versus Calgary. I think it'd be interesting if Colorado returns to early season form, and I think that watching uh, Landis Gog, McKinnon. And Rantanen. And Rantanen yep. is a lot of fun. So that should be interesting. Hopefully it's a shootout. 
like five to six games. Rontanen has been hurt, and so has Landeskog. So there's some there's some question marks there. Yeah, it sounds like they're both going to be back, but like Rontanen didn't. I don't think he played the last few games. Yeah. So um, it sounds like they're both going to be back, but who knows if they'll be firing on all yeah. cylinders? It, it could be a quick series. Too, yeah, it could I be. Yeah, it that's really the reality. Be. But it could be a quick series in the other way too. Like if yeah. if Mike Smith comes exactly. out and stinks, yeah. which is totally and, possible. And Grubauer has been playing hot for Colorado. Pretty much got them in the playoffs. I well, think down the, the stretch. The goaltending yeah. for the Flames is their kind of their their weak point. Yeah. And so that would be the one thing I think that could even it out and make it at least interesting. My alternate favorite, not named Tampa Bay, is Winnipeg. Now, they didn't play that great the second half of the season, but mm-hmm. I think they know what it, it takes, and I think they were just kind of on cruise control at the end, and they're getting healthy. Bufflin's back. Josh Morrissey is back, I think. They could win. I think they could just get hot at the right time and and, and roll through the playoffs. And they have goaltending, and that's kind of a, a key component there. And then uh, I, I feel a little dirty under my dark horse, but it's it's yeah. Vegas Golden Knights. They're yeah, technically totally dirty. Yeah, super dark horse, the team <laughs> yeah. that went to the finals. Yeah, but they were, low, they were a lower seed, and that's kind uh-huh. of like how you – kind of pick a dark horse. And so Vegas, pretty much one of the best teams, particularly in the in the West, since the trade deadline once they acquired Mark Stone. Their their games are a lot of fun to watch. That atmosphere is awesome. So it should be interesting. Hopefully uh San Jose gets Carlson back in full strength and we should have a really fun series there too. Well so my series to watch and I should say that my, my real series to watch is Vegas San Jose, but I, I was late in picking these and we weren't allowed to duplicate. But <laughs> That being said, no reason not to watch the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And what intrigues me about that is not only the local connection, because you have a couple ex-Seattle players uh, with the Islanders and Hickey and Barzell, but just that you have some experience against inexperience here. So, you know, the Penguins obviously have been there before. Their they're big three are, are, you know, their resumes, are, which I think what I wrote, are, are well-established. But the, the Islanders' top four scorers, I think, have combined for like 40-some playoff games in their careers, which isn't a whole lot. Um, the goaltending for New York is really solid. So that's going to be, I think, where this game is one of this series is one of losses is if uh, their goaltending can hold up against the Pittsburgh team. But Pittsburgh could be one of those scary teams. I didn't pick them as my dark horse, but they could be. They could definitely be one of those teams that surprises. Yeah, they're technically a dark horse too. That's kind yep. of crazy. My, which is funny, because basically what we just talked about. But my uh, team, not named Tampa, that I think is the favorite are the Vegas Golden Knights. So I, I have them upgraded from a dark horse to an alternate favorite just because of how good <laughs> they've been since the trade deadline. John mentioned Mark Stone. That that's really, uh, I think, really changed that team. And given them two really solid lines in their top six, uh, he and Pacioretty and Stasny have really been a good line for them. And then my dark horse, uh, if you remember way back from the start of this podcast when I, I talked about how much I can't stand the St. Louis yeah, Blue, just, I do for, remember even, just that. for even existing, <laughs> yeah. but I picked them as my dark horse. Uh, you know, John wrote a great piece about how being hot at the last 10 games doesn't really necessarily mean playoff success. And they are 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10 games, but they really have been hot since January 1st when you go back all the way. So this isn't a, a more recent thing for them. But they came within a point of winning that division. Uh, the stack central which I, I don't know how stacked allegedly if you, if you can go yeah. from last to almost first <laughs> yeah it <laughs> seems like anybody could have won that. <laughs> but uh so how many just a quick question how many pacific teams <laughs> made the playoffs i think they required three uh-huh how yeah, many central three. teams <laughs> made the playoffs Three plus well, two more. So five. We'll interesting. We'll see. That's interesting. But uh, mm. the Blues, the Blues, as much as they, their existence bothers me, uh, <laughs> they do have they do have a lot of pieces. You know, they found that the goalie in Binghamton has been really good, and and they've got some guys who can score. So they're a team that could give John's Winnipeg Jets a pretty good run here in the first round. Yeah, I'm just dying to know how successful their team puppy will be in the playoffs because we haven't. <laughs> He doesn't have the playoff. That's the, that's, that was that's the turnaround, the though. That was the turnaround. Yeah, had nothing to do with the 
coaching change. That's or, the intangible. Or finding a, a goalie diamond in the rough. It had nothing to do with that. No, it was all the team puppy. It was all the puppy. If they know. go on a run, though, the, all the new puppy analy- all the new analytics will be puppy, puppy puppies per sixty. Yeah, puppies per sixty. Puppies per sixty. My series that I have as the series to watch, I had. Vegas against San Jose because I did not wait drag my feet in selecting a series. <laughs> I think this is going to be so much fun. There, we talked about it last week the bad blood that's been yeah. brewing. Right now, obviously, fighting kind of goes away in the in the playoffs, but there's always some chippiness, especially when there's when there's history there. We mentioned Ryan Reeves getting poked in the neck by. By uh, Joe Thornton Thornton very recently. Uh, There's some question marks here. Obviously, Uh, Eric Carlson just returned from a a long hiatus due to groin injury. Martin Jones has been horrendous in that pretty much throughout the year. He's had some of the worst numbers in the whole league. But he also is a guy that's gotten his team to the Stanley Cup Finals the last couple of years. So so who knows? He could get hot. Maybe he'll figure it out. Uh, And then on the other side, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's so, so good historically in the playoffs, has also been hurt. So he returned recently. Um, So obviously, there's a question mark there as to whether or not he He's healthy. But as you mentioned, uh, Andy, that, you know, Vegas is a, a really good team that hasn't performed, in my opinion, up to, to snuff for most of the year, considering what people wanted from them. But man, now that they've added Mark Stone, I don't know. I think that's going to be a tough, mm-hmm. tough fight for uh, San Jose. San Jose does have home ice. So my alternate favorite, I picked the Boston Bruins, which maybe this one could have even qualified as a dark horse. I don't know. Uh, weirdly, I no, picked them. They're a top, they're a top oh, two Oh, whatever. Because the, the Vegas Golden there. Knights, total dark horse. Yeah. Third seed. Uh-huh. The Bruins, they're I picked them not, last year to not. win the cup and they did not do much, but I, I just like them as a team. I think that I like the way they are built. I like how much they're able to lick the, the faces of their opponents. <laughs> um, arguably one of the best top lines. Like really, yeah. really good top line and a good one-two goalie tandem so like if Tukarask falters, you know, Yaroslav Halak has had a really good year too, which I thought that picking him up in the offseason was a really great under the radar. Let's move, just hope so. the skate blade stays intact. Yeah. Rask. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did that whole like stabby thing yeah. last year. <laughs> so anyway, lots of excitement here. I mean, it's it's getting underway in the next couple of days. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. It starts on Wednesday, right? You can talk yeah, about so. your dark horse. Oh, and my dark horse. Yeah. Uh, I have the Colorado Avalanche. Now, I don't expect Colorado to win the Stanley Cup, but based on the rules of our game here, it was picking a team that you think could theoretically make some noise, so to speak. Uh, I could very much see them sliding past Calgary. It may not happen, but I could see it happening just if if McKinnon, that top line, if they can get hot and score goals and uh, and they get goaltending while Calgary doesn't, I think it could very well go in favor of Colorado. Yeah, well, you should go read our piece because we're probably more articulate in writing than we were just now. But hey, speak for there's yourself. More, there's yeah. more detail. Yeah, and, and Emily, Emily Joe also picked, she commented about that Bruins versus Leafs as the series to watch. And, and I think all of us are circling that one yep. as well because that should be pretty interesting. The Penguins are her alternate favorite. Uh, again, we talked about the mm-hmm. Penguins being pretty good and, and they're going to be interesting. And then Carolina Hurricanes, she has a dark horse now. Not a bad one. Hurricanes are like a hockey analytics darling, but that should be interesting because they go up against the Caps. And, Which uh, wouldn't be shocking if they beat the Caps. No, and a couple of people are picking them as a as a darling, like mm-hmm. up Cinderella. But is it, is it officially <laughs> a Cinderella team or a, a darling team? What, what are we, have we adopted the official uh, That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know how to differentiate the two. Well, Cinderella is the team that nobody expects that goes deep. The darling is, is when the, the media talks about. Yeah, the one that people like. Okay. Right? A good storyline. Uh-huh. Right? So they're kind of both. I think they'd be both. Yeah. Yeah. Cinderella They'd, and Darling. Yeah. Very interesting. I think they fit the bill. Great. Um, okay. The other big NHL news, I guess, is that uh, now that some of the regular seasons have ended for a lot of teams, 
there's been some coaching changes. Now, the biggest one here, well, do you call it the biggest one? I don't know. Bob Bugner, he was released in, in Florida, which you think, well, that's not that big of news, but it is big news because his replacement is whom, Andy? Uh, Joel Quinville, formerly of the Chicago Blackhawks. Shotsky aficionado. Yes. Yeah. And the Panthers updated their logo on Twitter. They put a mustache on the Panther. <laughs> I mean, this is such a huge hire for this team. And I mean, I don't know all the all the facts of it. Right. But well, they've got pieces there. Yeah, they have some pieces. But I mean, and if they want to kind of attract, let's say, two potential potential free agents in Columbus. That's been the rumor, right? That Aaron and and Bobrovsky are itching to go to Florida. Mm hmm. Very interesting, though. I mean, I, it's a huge, huge move for this team. I mean, when was the last time that they had the same coach for three years in a row? Like, I don't think they have in the last so, fifteen years, right? Don't they? Don't they change their coaches like they I change think so. underwear? Like they, they, and they need to make a decision with goaltending where Bobrovsky could help because Luongo, as much as I love that guy, is forty now, and he they they broke down. I think their two goaltenders were either at ninety nine hundred save percentage or below. The thing though that's interesting to me is Quinville's obviously a good coach. He has three Stanley Cups. But the, the trend is always to go for a guy who's already won, right? That's a big splash. But do you guys know in the last 50 years, because I looked this up, how many coaches have won Stanley Cup champions with two different teams? No, I do not. There's one. Scotty <laughs> did Bowman. You pull some data here? <laughs> I did. Scotty Bowman won, th- won with three different teams, and nobody else has since. Huh. Now, now, there have been some guys recently who have gotten their team to the finals twice. Elaine Vigneault did that with Vancouver and uh, New, New York. York. Yeah. And Peter DeBoer, actually, San Jose Sharks, got there with uh, the Devils before he was the Sharks right, head right. coach. But nobody other than Bowman. And I didn't go back further. I don't even know if anybody ever has. So it's an interesting thing. We've talked before about having the players, the coach or having the players. And there's always this trend. It's a big splash. I know people here, when, when Quinville got fired, were like, oh, he's going to be the new crap weasel coach. But I don't know that we want a guy who's already won the Stanley Cup. That's just because the, yeah, I, know there, I know there's yeah, factors no, that totally. reach that, but the trend, that's 50 years of, of data. One guy's done it. Totally. I would have hated if we hired Joe Quinville. <laughs> yeah, that would have <laughs> totally. sucked. Yeah. What I'm saying is not a guarantee that, that you're going to win the no Stanley doubt. Cup. You know what they need to do, though? Before. They need to go to the playoffs. They've been to the yes. playoffs twice since 2000 and lost in the first round both times. And okay. that's why, the, I mean, he has kind of a low bar of success here, right? Even if he doesn't win the Stanley Cup with them, but they become a perennial playoff team, that's a success. Did they get a team puppy? Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. They're, they're based, yeah. Their team mm. name is a cat. A yeah. Cat. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. point. Yeah. Oh, so uh, let's get a team, a team kitten. Cat. Yeah. Team kitten. A little cat yeah. running around. Because that, that, inspires, <laughs> <it's workshop. laughs> that inspires aggressive <laughs> hockey. So some other coaching changes around the league. You had Willie Desjardins, who was in, in an interim role in Los Angeles. He's not being retained. So wow, what a shock. Yeah, he, he didn't exactly turn things around there for and that team. Apparently pissed off all the players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kovalchuk uh, was mad. Yeah, he said they left him home. In the last he was like, yeah, I'm not going to go play for that coach or something along and those Drew lines. Drew Doughty so. was pretty talkative down the last week, too, yeah, complaining so, about everything under the sun. So that didn't go too well for Willie Desjardins, so he's not being retained. So they're on the coaching search. We also have Phil Housley out in Buffalo. Now, this one surprised me a little bit. He's only been there for a couple of years. It's a really young team still. It's still being built. Um, and this was a botteral hire. Like, the guy picked him to be his coach. As yeah. uh, It surprised me a little I bit. I wonder if that's a patience thing, too, because, like, Florida, I mentioned Florida. I think it's been a while since Buffalo's been a – and the fans there must be getting a little tired of it. So I wonder if that's a little bit of an itchy trigger finger. Buffalo's got the longest streak uh, yeah. playoff drought in yeah. the NHL now. I mean, who do you bring in there? The rumor is uh, McClellan to be in Buffalo or L.A. Mm. And it sounds like it's, it might be decided by the time this – 
drops, if you will. <laughs> By the time the pod drops. Yeah, which I think would be an interesting hire, but I, being a Sharks fan when he was at San Jose, I he think he a got a little... He did, but the team was really good, and I think I think he sometimes got too much credit for it and didn't do much in Edmonton. Now, you can blame the GM for that, but at the same time, like... Hey, neither, coach, did, neither did Ken Hitchcock, okay? So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so other, other coaches that are kind of out there, aside from McClellan, you got Marco Sturm, Dallas Eakins, who's been in the, in the Anaheim organization. I think that's been long expected that he's going to get promoted to the Ducks full-time right. position. And I think they're in the throes of a playoffs right now, the AHL, or maybe yep. they're just starting they, Bakersfield or San Diego. Eakins is with uh, San Diego right now. Okay. Uh, and then Mark Crawford is out there too. He's the, the coach that, yeah, he's got, oh yeah, that's right. Never seen him in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's got nine coaching lives. He just keeps popping up again. And one other name that keeps popping up suddenly. Well, that would be uh, Dave Tippett, who's here with Seattle as a senior advisor. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. That's right. Yeah. First now, friend of the pod. Now, where have we actually heard this, though? This, so it started on, a, there was a Sportsnet article, what, about two weeks ago now, uh, where Nick Caprios said that, he, he had a weird quote, he said that Tippett's future in Seattle was uncertain, and that his name would definitely be in the mix for the coaching vacancies this summer, which was a surprise to me, because that kind of goes against what we've been hearing out of Tippett, that he's, you know, he's happy doing what he's doing. In Caprios, it was not consistent with what was said. Caprios basically said, oh, it's two years away, he doesn't mm-hmm. wait that long. Well, he already took his name out of the hat to coach the Seattle Crap Weasels, so inconsistent, but it has hasn't gone away either. Yeah, because uh, Elliot Freeman brought it up again uh, on this last episode of 31 Thoughts. But he does kind of attribute it to Kiprios. So it's coming yep. from the same source. And Kiprios wasn't saying that, that, that he had a source or anything that said this. He just said his name would be in the mix, yeah. which is a pretty uh, ambiguous statement. So I, I, did I, some, I did some reporting and I reached out to NHL Seattle to ask if they had a comment. Oh, hello. I got a, basically a no comment, but I'll, I'll read you the quote I got from them. It says, uh, Dave Tippett continues to serve in his role with NHL Seattle, but we don't have anything beyond that at this time. Yeah. So, so I think it's a possibility. Like, I definitely think it's a possibility he coaches in the league soon. Uh, soon mm-hmm. And it would be probably this summer because there's so many vacancies. Yeah. And LA LA would be an interesting destination for him just because he has a history there that you know, he was an assistant coach with the Kings. You know, we talked to him in the summer. He jokingly talked, referred to himself as the Sun Belt coach because he, his coaching career has been yeah. used in L.A., Dallas, and Arizona. The, it would be a bummer for us to lose him because yeah. I've seen him interact with people in the public and the fans. You know, he's definitely outgoing. I've seen him at city council meetings going and talking to people that testified and, and chatting them up. And, and he's sincere about it. And uh, I've got to see him and observe him a while now. And so The thing with guys like that, though, why I think it might be hard and why he originally is like, oh, I'm not interested in coaching right now. But he's a competitor, and you know he was a player, he was a coach, and those guys are fierce competitors. My my experience being around coaches, they they want to compete, and I could see where there's a part of that. What he's doing now probably doesn't feel very competitive. As far, I mean, he's, he's doing yeah. some interesting things. He's involved, and he's got his hands in all the the building up of this of the crap weasel franchise. But yeah, <laughs> I love how we just yeah so <laughs> casual default. Yeah. But he may there may be a part of him that misses that that competitiveness that you get when you're coaching or playing or, or involved directly like that, and that could be something that draws him back. And if LA comes calling or another team comes calling, and you know that might be something that you know is too hard to resist. I would never have a problem with him taking a, a coaching no, job for those not. same yeah. reasons because yeah. that's what he wants to do. He's probably always been a coach and maybe not ready to settle into quote unquote corporate life right now. Mm-hmm. But that would be a bummer to see him go. But he's also kind of done great work even in the in the one year he's been yep. here so oh, sure. I, i'll stink but i'll always be a tippet fan if he leaves now if, if he, he does leaves. stick around and, and decides that he here is where he wants to coach would you have any problem with that him being the inaugural coach i don't think i would no 
No, I think he's done. I think he's done great stuff with limited resources in his history. So with the Coyotes, he took him to the conference final one year. Yeah, he would have resources here. That would be interesting, and I think he would enjoy that. And Uh, he's yet to win a Stanley Cup. So with my theory, (laughs) we would be in good standing. Yeah, way better off than getting a guy like Quenville for sure. (laughs) Yeah, because yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, your your theory. He's hungry. All right, and the other big thing going on: the NHL draft lottery is happening Tuesday night, and obviously, you're hearing this now on probably like Wednesday or Thursday. So, guys, don't you think it's so awesome that the New Jersey Devils <laughs> won the draft lottery? Uh, that's amazing. Well, I yeah. think that's fine. It's turn like, their franchise Because if around. you're yeah, one totally. or two, I think you're 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 doing well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see Jack Hughes. Playing with Taylor Hall and Nico Heeshear. <laughs> This is so dumb. The fact that Chicago moved up to the third spot proves that until they show us the drawing, this thing is a complete farce, right? The Minnesota Wild got totally screwed. All right, let's do this. Let's do let's do a quick hot take. Who do you think is going to win the draft lottery tonight? Uh, I think it's going to be L.A. Okay, John. Just a quick pick. Colorado. Yep, and then our fans will Colorado. know. Colorado. Oh, well, that's our, Ottawa, basically. Our yeah, fans yeah, will yeah. know if we're yeah, yeah. I was say, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I'm, gonna take, I'm also going to take Colorado. So John and Darren so against Andy. For people yeah. who don't know, yeah. Colorado's a playoff team, so they're not really in the draft lottery. However... Right, they have Ottawa's first round pick this year. So. Yeah, because of the Matt Duchesne trades. Which so does so well for Ottawa. He's not even on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, not only do they not have him, but now they're giving away a what could be a top pick in the draft. Oopsie daisy. Yeah. <laughs> we also oh, wanted to do a quick update on last week when when John was rudely not in attendance on the show. Uh, we did at least call him uh, so that we could make sure that his voice was heard, and uh, we talked a little bit about what was happening with the CWHL disbanding. Now there's been an update, and even from the time that we talked to you to the time that the that the show posted, there's been an update to this, which is what, John? So there's been a lot of chatter about it, and, and it's not always clear what's real, what's not. But um, the NWHL announced that they're pursuing two teams in Toronto and Montreal to essentially uh, expand. And they also said that they're not necessarily done with those two. And they didn't clarify if that's Canada or the U.S. So that's Good news. Another thing that was released, and I and I shared it on Twitter. This is last week, but the financials of the CWHL were released. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to quickly go through it. Hopefully, I don't bore people. But they had revenue of 3.4 million dollars, and then expenses of 3.7. Mm-hmm. So the, a gap of 300 thousand dollars. Yeah, which isn't much, honestly, in a business, a business, and hopefully a growing business. I think. They could have met that, carried on without with that gap. Now, what was also revealed is that 1.7 million of the 3.4 million in revenue was from the China team. Interesting. So when you factor that in, and there was also mentioned that the China team might be leaving the league and mm-hmm. then China forming their own league, that's 1.7. That's half, pretty much half the revenue gone. So that is when you start to understand, like, mm-hmm. it's not a sustainable model. So I, I don't want to just assume, oh, everything will work out, because then I think that takes away people's ability to, like, work hard and, and figure out a good solution. But I did speculate that it might be a, a turn of something better. And and I think you're starting to see that with the NWHL adding two teams, certainly leaning in and trying to expand more. Um, there's also, they've had talks with the NHL. NHL's like doubled their contribution to 100K, which is not much. <laughs> no, it's not. But but they did reveal that's their biggest sponsor. Yeah, so then the grand scheme of things, well, didn't I don't I read, even Didn't so I read that, that really what that was, was they were giving 50 grand to each that's league. Right. And now that one is gone, they just gave that extra that's right. 50. Okay, that's so right. It's not like they... they they, they didn't change their budget yes. internally. They exactly, just yeah. they just 
move the I thought that was kit. an interesting point, though, the color Yeah, I, I totally agree. But again, that's not much. But before you start mm-hmm. judging the NHL, you need to understand, like, I don't know if people give to charity, but ideally you make sure that money goes into the right spot mm-hmm. and it's used to help whatever you're trying to solve. And I imagine it doesn't mean that they're done no, helping out. I, that was just their first I don't. The yeah, first I don't reaction. think so at all. And I think people are quick to judge like the NHL. Oh, they should be contributing more and maybe they should. But the NHL probably wants to see a plan to see this thing grow and make sure that there's a return on their investment. And not necessarily financial return, but that they are growing the game and what they're going to do to kind of really expand the, the growth of, of hockey. And those are the more important things, I think, of this mission in general. Not If they were just to take a million dollars and just go right into the player salaries. That does nothing to grow the, the game. I mean, directly. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. And I think people should pause before like judging the lack of investment from the NHL. I want to see this thing succeed as much as everybody. But right now, I think I think it's a fact finding. Continue to kind of monitor. I, I don't want this story to go away because here's the thing is a lot of these media companies come in and now they cover it. When the CWHA folds, yeah, yeah. not necessarily ongoing. Along, yeah. And I, I've been a fan all along. So I just want to make sure that's clear. And I want to make sure we keep talking about it when there's news because there's not a lot of outlets that are. And I'm done. <laughs> that's all John has to say that about felt, that. It felt abrupt. Yeah. Well, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> we'll now move into our segments. We had a You Don't See That Every Day. It was from a junior hockey game. Uh, what teams was this? I didn't... It was the uh, Battle of Alberta between the Calgary Hitmen and Edmonton Oil Kings in the Western Hockey League in the second round playoff game. Right. So uh, where I first picked it up, it was from Pete Blackburn does the thing on Twitter of the beautiful game. Right. Yes. 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 It's like the screen grabs <laughs> of people doing weird things like lying on each other and just like or falling like all around. Eight or, guys in the crease. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this one was pretty incredible. The, the players skating up the sideboards. The Oil Kings players go after him. Two of them go after him. And they're, they're both looking to lay a big hit on him right at center ice. Boards, yeah. Yep. And both of them miss and flip <laughs> over the boards like into the like the Pierre Maguire area, yep. right? Not that Pierre Maguire was there, but like where Pierre Maguire yes. would stand. <laughs> all you see are Pierre's skates office. up in the air. Pierre's office. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, two two sets of skates flying up in the air, and it was it was pretty awesome. It was right? a big whiff of a check. Yeah, total whiff of a check. Two guys miss and go right over the boards, head over heels. You don't see that every day. And next, we'll move into our weekly one timers, and we have quite a few weekly one timers this week. Uh, it's good to have the the sound effect. Yeah, yeah that I know was that was brutal last week. Hey, I tried. I tried my best. Hey, one of the one of the reviews we didn't read. Yeah. Complimented Darren. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Our first (laughs) weekly one-timer has a Seattle flair to it. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was uh, an arena model that got unveiled. John, what can you tell us about this? Yeah. The uh, company that kind of put the model together on Instagram released a couple images and videos of the actual diagram with all the seats allegedly to scale for um, the Seattle... Now, is, that, Arena. is that group connected with OVG? Was that something they were doing on behalf of the commission to do it? That Well, it was at the preview center, so okay. I would say yes. Okay. <laughs> um, it looks pretty badass. It was pretty cool. It, it's hard to see kind of everything and all the details, but I like kind of the ends too, the behind the goalie. Mm-hmm. Like those look pretty cool. They're kind of steep, but kind of short in a way. Um, one goes up to a glass and it's enough to get you pretty pumped and excited. The, the two things that I kind of <laughs> thought were cool about it. One is they, they it was, it was, it had lights and whistles and uh, if you looked at the ice, there was like a light display going on, as, as you would imagine would happen pre-game with like a spotlight yeah, going yeah. on. That was kind of yeah. cool. And then the way they unveiled it is that it has the roof on top of it, and then the roof slowly lifts up to let you see inside. 
Yeah. Which I have a roof. I said yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said there in a text on that because he, he thought that would be a great idea to have an open air. And just have it like hover, like just way above. Like, <laughs> like an umbrella. Do you know, I was listening to, and I want to say it was the 31 Thoughts podcast also that mentioned this same thing. And did Mellon Arena, like the igloo in Pittsburgh, did yeah. that have a retractable roof? Because it opens in sudden death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, then it has to be accurate. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that yeah. movie was based on real events, I, right? I think it <laughs> did, but they never used it. Yeah. Well, foolish. They should have. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our next weekly one-timer. There's a new local ice arena being built in Snoqualmie Ridge. What can you tell us about this, John? It was revealed that uh, Snow King Hockey Association is looking at putting a two-sheet facility. They currently operate a facility in Kirkland and Renton, single sheet in Kirkland and kind of one and a half in um, Renton. And this has been rumored for a couple of years now, not necessarily this location, but that they're looking. Snow King is busting at the seams as far as the youth players and adult hockey players. They need the ice, but putting in a facility anywhere in this town is, is pretty challenging. So this is pretty sweet. It's going kind of um, in the heart of the, the east side, the plateau on mm-hmm. Snoqualmie Ridge. So Pretty cool though. It's, we, we talked a lot cool. about how the youth hockey, they're uh, you know, and even some of the adult rec hockey is that capacity as far yeah. as, you know, ice being able to grow with, with the lack of ice and the, the practice facility the NHL team is building obviously will help. This will also be a- also interesting. I'm hearing there's some some people poking around West Seattle putting nice. the facility over there. I don't know if that's going to be two sheets or exactly where, but West Seattle's kind of a dead zone too for ice. So it would be pretty sweet to see one there. Mm-hmm. And so Qualmie Ridge is so far away. Like those are, those couldn't be further apart. So it's not like they're yep. competing with each other. And then obviously the Northgate facility coming on board. So I mean, crap, we could have four to six sheets in like the next three years added to the capacity, which I think we, we will need. I think we'll need double the number of sheets in 10 years. So anyway, it's awesome. Growing the game. Growing the game. Our next weekly one-timer. Ryan Paling, who we actually have talked about a little bit on this podcast before because he was the guy who uh, had kind of the coming out party at the World Junior Championship. Superstar standout from St. Cloud State University. And so their their season ended early because they lost in the first round, kind of surprisingly, of the NCAA tournament. So Ryan Paling gets called up right away to play the last game for the Montreal Canadiens. And he had a decent little night. What did he do, Andy? Uh, I believe he picked up a hat trick. Yeah. And plus. Yeah. Plus the shootout goal. Plus yeah. the shootout win. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good start to your NHL career there to pick up three goals and also the shootout winner. And I'm so. sure the fans of Montreal are very calm yep. and collected about it. Exactly. Just like Vancouver Canucks yes. fans with Quinn Hughes. <laughs> yes. yep. Very muted. But how, how cool is it that he comes into his first game, you know, they're already eliminated by then. And just to end the season on such a positive note like mm-hmm. on yeah. this prospect, yeah. um, he was a first rounder in 2017. He played a St. Cloud State, but really didn't score that much. Even this year, he only had eight goals in 36 games. Games and then yeah, but everybody talks about how how solid of a prospect he is. Yeah, no, I'm player. not. I'm obviously not trying to take anything away from him. Yeah. But why are you down I, on him? I think the yeah. expectations. I don't know if he's going <laughs> to score. Uh, what would that be? Uh, you think, you think uh, there's a regression coming? Yeah, they're over 200 goals next year. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Way to go out on a limb there, John. Yeah, yeah. that prediction. It reminds me a little of Brock Besser's entrance into the league, though. Although Brock Besser didn't score three goals, he he had one. Yep. Right, but he did that. It was the same kind of thing. He had he had lost with North Dakota the night before. Right, and then played <laughs> yeah. against. Minnesota the day the following day with all of his friends and family there and you know scored a goal so who knows we'll see what happens here with Ryan Paling in in, uh, Montreal the fans obviously gave him incredible incredible huge applause and and ovation after the game so our next weekly one-timer 
The Vegas Drum Corps did a little bit where they were drumming on all of the uh, the various teams in their division, and somebody got included in that division. <laughs> yes, the uh, Seattle to be named later's crap weasels. Crap weasels, crap weasels. Yeah. come on! Yeah. Uh, oh, you got on me for calling them crap weasels before. So. I said I got on you. It. No, I know. it's I great. It's it. a good all right. thing. All right. So, a friend of the pod, Nick Kosanika from NHL.com, I, I believe, was there doing a story, and he tweeted out that they did a the, the drum corps did a an act or bit or whatever you want where they were you know having a fake battle with all the teams in the Pacific Division, and they had. One of the drummers had a Space Needle logo on his drum, so they just made up a logo for us. But it's kind of cool that we're already kind of being included in that in that kind of tomfoolery that happens down in Vegas. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think like it's becoming more and more real, right? Yeah. I know it sounds we're well past that point, but I thought it was cool that like the day after we got the franchise, I was watching a game and they were like showing the new division. And Seattle was just listed there. Yeah. It's even <laughs> it's even on if you click on NHL.com and you go to the teams. There's a Seattle. You scroll link. to the bottom. There's a Seattle link too, yeah. and you're like, holy crap. Holy crap. Holy crap, weasels. <laughs> See, that's a good marketing. <laughs> yeah. right there. Our next weekly one-timer. JT Brown of the Minnesota Wild had a wild night out in <laughs> Dallas. Uh, he was arrested on suspicion of public intoxication. Uh, he didn't play in the team's final game, but they were down there in Dallas. Oh, he played. Uh, he played, yeah. <laughs> if you read the story, it sounds like he basically was just like in, not really an altercation, but just like messing with people. And it sounds to me like he got a little, little tuned up. And just blowing off started, steam. Yeah, his season was over, basically. Started running his mouth a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, an off-duty police officer heard of it and, and uh, ended up arresting him. And uh, so he issued an apology and all this stuff. You just don't hear about these things that often from from NHL players. It's always a little bit surprising when it happens, but uh, it kind of reminds you, you know, these guys are still professional athletes and, and humans and, and humans and mistakes happen. But uh, ah, not a good look. Not a great look. <laughs> yeah, and and kind of a you know, it's it's an interesting wrap up to how the Minnesota season went. But anyway, I don't want to get into... If only he had a puppy with him. Yeah, I don't want to get into minutia. (laughs) Too late. Our final weekly one-timer. NHL announcing legend Bob Cole has announced his final game in Hockey Night in Canada. I got to tell you guys, I'm not that familiar with Bob Cole. As an American who has not had access to Sportsnet or uh, CBC for most of his life, so, this yeah. is interesting to me that I don't actually really know this guy very well. He, he's a legend in Canada and and uh, growing up here in Seattle where we did have Hockey Night in Canada. For me personally, he was the first like voice of hockey that I used to watch on Saturday nights because he was always the main guy for a long time on on their their broadcasts. Uh, he he uh, called his last game. He called the Montreal-Toronto game so that he did that hat trick. He called that. And just beloved by everybody. He, he had a great – I always liked the way he called the games. He, he made it more exciting, but he also didn't talk over it too much. You know, I'm not a big Doc Emmerich fan. I think they're polar opposites. I think I, I prefer Bob Cole style. And my favorite thing he had, he had this way of, of calling rushes that I always dug, and they always I always like kind of chuckled when I heard it. But he would say something. I'm not going to do it justice here, but he would say something like, here come the Oilers into the zone, four of them. Like he always pointed out how many were on the rush. I always got a kick out of that. He, <laughs> he's kind of old school, but he, he just – he was like – to me, he was the voice of hockey when I was in my teens. My And I don't have the history that you do, but, you know, once I moved to Seattle 14 years ago, then I started w- realizing even what CBC was and mm-hmm. Hockey Night in Canada was. And so I'd watch some of his games. But I always loved the everything is happening. Right. Oh, yeah. When uh-huh. everything's going on in the zone, there's shots, and they're, I, you know, I forget <laughs> what teams were involved, and they're keeping him pent up in their zone and not scoring. And then he just goes, 
everything is happening. And like, <laughs> it just made me giggle so much when I heard that. And uh, I always love that comment. So. Yeah, go, go. Like, I'm sure there's YouTube clips of him calling some of his better calls. Uh, it's worth it's worth going and watching. And and it's one of the things growing up. I always thought that we had a little bit of a of a cool bonus by living where we lived here in Seattle is because you could get those games. And yeah, a lot of hockey fans probably aren't exposed to hockey night in yep. Canada as much as we were. And we'll finish the show with games on the radar. We have a lot to talk about here, so stick around. Uh, my game. On on the radar and actually it's games on the radar for me but i have the nca frozen four which is coming up finally after a stupid hiatus that i think is so so stupid you know, why to avoid the basketball i think it's final, to avoid final the basketball four. final four which but they've never played weekend. into the stanley cup playoffs I right know that. i don't and so now they're going up against the stanley cup playoffs yeah. so i don't really get it because when you think about it right like are the fans that watch the NCAA hockey, right? Like, are they necessarily the same fans that watch NCAA basketball? I wouldn't. Maybe. I mean, there's right? probably some crossover. Yeah. But I would think that the diehard hockey fans wouldn't care about the, like, I, I well, don't know who won the and, basketball and tournament. Like, obviously <laughs> but not. versus the NHL fans, right? Like, there's tons of crossover And it's a, there. it's a weekend where everything's pretty much wrapped up in the NHL, right? I mean, and if they had done the final Monday... I mean, they would have been up against the basketball final. Well, but, well they but do they, it on the weekend, though. It's a, yeah, it's they a do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think. Friday, the, Friday, Sunday. So you wouldn't have been going up against big NHL games because most of the ga- most of the playoff races were settled by Saturday night, right? So Sunday you could yeah. have had. Well, Sunday there was nothing. Yeah, so Sunday you would have had hockey's full attention. I wonder if it's more NCAA. It could have been the NCAA. The maybe they maybe the NCAA didn't want to have two of their their Final Fours. Yeah, but you're right. I think I swear I think, they've done it before, though. I think going against the Stanley Cup playoffs is, is worse for them than yeah like directly yeah. yeah and by the way disregard what john just said about friday sunday because it's definitely thursday saturday like i said so listen to me <laughs> uh <laughs> so the semifinals will be held on uh 4 11 which is thursday uh so the the first game is at 2 p.m pacific that day between providence and minnesota duluth second game is at 5 30 p.m pacific uh, between denver and massachusetts both those games are on ESPN2. Uh, and then the final is on Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific. That also is on ESPN2. So, hey, I have a quick uh, Frozen Four story if you guys want to hear it. Yes. Okay. When I was in junior high, the Frozen Four came to St. Paul, Excel Energy Center. And the Gophers, which at that time I was a huge Gopher fan. Eventually I went to Wisconsin, so I stopped being a Gopher fan at some point. <laughs> so my parents actually got tickets. So my dad pulled me out of school for Thursday because you have to, you know, you have to go all day essentially. And between games, there's like a several hour gap. So they had this uh, expo set up with like some exhibits and some games and things like that. And one of the games that they had was one of those like bungee runs where you, you know, you're on like the big bouncy thing and you try to run and stick stick <laughs> yeah. something to a wall. They had like a puck that you'd try to stick to the wall. So I went on this bungee run thing. Again, well, that I'm in, mimics what happens in hockey too all the time. All totally. Time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm in junior high, go on this bungee run. It was totally appropriate for a kid in junior high to be doing the the kids bungee run right i try a couple times don't make it get pulled back third time i go for it and like i'm like oh i'm really gonna get there this time and as i reach for the wall i fall forward which doesn't make much sense because i'm on a bungee (laughs) run right and then i feel the worst pain in my backside i have ever felt in my entire life because the (laughs) bolt that was attached to like the end of this thing came out and i'm telling you this bolt was like four inches long (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was gigantic and it snapped on the bungee cord and, and hit me wow. right in the backside. So I had this bruise down my leg for like a week that, I mean, actually longer. I mean, it was, it went all the way down my leg. Like but it did was, you get that puck to the end wall though? Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. It was totally worth it. Totally worth it. 
But anyway, so that's my Frozen 4 story. That actually, it, it ended up being a, a great memory for me because, the again, as a Gopher fan at the time, uh, the Gophers actually ended up winning the national championship that year. So it was really cool to be uh, in person to see it. But So that's my games on the radar. Long, <laughs> long explanation, but there you go. What do you have, John? I'm going to watch every single playoff game known to man. Okay, so and you're going to all of those um, on the radar. Yeah, but um, we also have the Women's World's going on right now. Just a quick update there. U.S. beat Canada in group play. Woo! Uh, a couple days ago. A little sloppy affair, but they won. Lots of penalties, but cheap penalties, not dirty penalties. Quarterfinals begin Thursday, April 11th. Semifinals will be Saturday the 13th, and gold medal game will be Sunday at 10 a.m. on the NHL Network. So if you're up at 10 a.m. on Sunday, hopefully you'll be up, but if you're near TV, it will probably be the U.S. versus Canada rematch, and uh, that's always an entertaining game. They play some great hockey. So if you can drag yourself out of bed by 10 a.m. <laughs> depends, depends on how your Saturday I was... I was talking to Darren there. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, the, with the play, I have a question for you guys because obviously the playoffs are the games on the radar. But uh-huh. I don't know how you guys how you guys do it, but every year there's always like in the first round there's so much hockey on, which is awesome, right? Yeah. Like every night there's like three or four games on. I usually try to like focus on one series where I make sure I watch every game of that series, and then I watch whatever else I can fit in. So that Vegas that Vegas San Jose one is the one that I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I watch every game. I don't know how you guys do it, but I, there's always one series I try to make sure I see every game on in the first round. I think that's. That's fair, but sometimes I can change series. Well, sure, because it could be it could be three games a night or something, right? Like or or just all of a sudden the Carolina Washington gets yeah. really interesting because yeah, Carolina wins right, the first I game, the right? right? To switch, but yeah. going okay, into it, you do always... reserve the right. I do. Yeah. I reserve the right as well. So. I personally just try to get a flavor of every series. So before you hone in on one, yeah, because for me, like I don't I don't have the time in my life, unfortunately, to sit down and watch every every game like That's John apparently ridiculous. does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, we, I we all have the same time in yeah. life. I want to know. Right, like if let's say I'm not watching the San Jose versus Vegas series, but I see a clip of it because I'll always watch the highlights at least. And, and see the clip and think, wow, this looks like a really intense series. Like, I want to at least watch one of those games. And that's for, I try to watch every series, at least one game from every series. And it's, uh, even that's hard to do sometimes, but uh, that's that's my personal approach. All right. All right. Cool. I like it. All right. So that wraps up episode 31. The playoffs are here. Uh, by the way, we did create a, a playoff bracket. So right. if you're hearing this in time before the playoffs start, which you may or may not be. <laughs> which I think, I think you can still Fill one out right up to when they start playing on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. Like um, o'clock, whatever that. Would but be. yeah, so look for go to, go to Andy's Twitter. He tweeted it out. Yeah, it's it's the it's the Sound of Hockey podcast mm-hmm. is the name of the league. And we have quite league. a few participants yeah. already. Yeah. So. Filling, up, <laughs> it's filling up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, jump yeah, in there. Uh, I picked the Boston Bruins. What'd you guys pick as your winner? Uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. I can't remember now. I think I went with a chalk. I think I have Vegas and Tampa in the final. I think I, well, I, picked Tampa. I would say this. Went out went on a limb there. Yeah. Well, Vegas is about a third seed. In the, in the yeah, it's not chalk. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, get those reviews in. Thanks to those who did review us. And uh, we will talk to you all next week for episode 32. Cheers. It has to start somewhere. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Oh!